Hi, friends. Welcome to Race to Rise podcast, a place where we discuss bite-sized wisdom nuggets with easy-to-follow practices to live a better life. I am your host, Mithal Patel, a parenting junkie, Ayurveda enthusiast, and an advocate of conscious living. Do you ever feel triggered by your kids' behaviors or by something someone said to you? I know I certainly do. And so what can we do when we feel triggered? I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if someone could just give us a magic pill that solved what to do when we feel, you know, triggered? But guess what? There is no magic pill. But fortunately, there are some steps that we can take to prepare for the inevitable triggers of parenting. There are some ways that we can prevent and practice so that we are ready to face these challenges instead of running away from these challenges, instead of shutting it down. And there's this truth behind triggers that we need to understand that, you know, triggers aren't our enemy. They actually give us clues to important stories about ourselves that we really need to understand. For example, think about a part of your, you know, of your child that really gets under your skin, that really makes you react, that makes you lose your control, you know, you lose your cool. Is it that your child, you know, won't take no for the answer? Is it that your child has big meltdowns and, you know, tantrums? without caring about the convenience of their emotions? Or is it about their impact on others? Is it that your child isn't on a schedule and they're waiting until last minute to get things done? What is it that, you know, that gets totally under your skin and it triggers you? Now, this is a practice that I learned from Dr. Becky Kennedy. She says that whenever we feel triggered, you know, we need to take a deep breath and do an experiment. First, we need to say, no, 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 my child cannot be this way. My child has to learn what is appropriate. And then we need to notice our, you know, feelings in the chest or shoulders or stomach. Notice your thoughts about your child and yourselves. And then we can reset by taking a few breaths. And so there are so many ways that we can respond to triggers But today I want to share like what to do when you feel triggered. We all know this happens. We all know children are the mirrors that we need to, you know, they are our mirror that we need to heal. And so how can we find that calm when we are losing our cool? And trust me, I am with you. You're not alone. Finding our calm in the moment is not easy. It's easy to say it, but it's much harder to practice and that's why that's why prevention that's why being proactive is what's going to help us so being proactive is that magic pill I want to say and you know being proactive about what though being proactive about prioritizing our self-care yes while committing to you know bringing our awareness to the present moment in a high tension situation in the heat of the moment And so when we lose our cool, we need to reset by taking deep breaths, hold our breaths in, and then 
slowly release it to a count of four, count of five, count of 10, whatever works for you. This actually will help your nervous system to calm down and which in turn helps us de-escalate our responses. And so we will be better equipped to respond instead of react because we really need to understand that the childhood environment determines our present personalities. So the reason our personalities or, you know, the reason we react is it's in our subconscious mind, which is formed in the first seven years of our life that reacts in the heat of the moment. And so really need to nail this down that our childhood environment determined our present personalities. And we want to make sure that we don't create the similar childhood environments for our children because that is going to carry along. You know, we might end up dumping our emotional baggages to our kids' shoulder and then they might carry. So this is all generational behaviors and patterns that the way we behave is the result of our generational behaviors and the patterns that we've noticed. But we want to make sure that we are being proactive about it and we don't want to transfer, you know, pass it on to our kids. And that's why, you know, we are doing better. We're doing better than what society taught us. We're being better than what we were yesterday, right? So the way we react in the heat of the moment during our child's toddler years, it actually determines the relationship we will have with them in their teenage years and beyond. So it's so important for us to learn to be more proactive on prioritizing our self-care because self-care is the way, you know, self-awareness and self-care. If we don't know what's happening inside of our body, how are we going to take care of it? So that's why self-awareness. And then once we know what's happening inside our bodies, we really need to take care of ourselves so that we avoid the future reactions. And so we all know that triggers are automatic and they are like, you know, a sudden changes in our emotional state that leads to uncontrolled behaviors. And so if we don't want these uncontrolled behaviors, we need to do something, right? So what can we do? Three of my favorite practices that I want to share that we can practice before being triggered. I mean, it's totally unrealistic to expect that we will have a clear mind and open heart every time conflict arises with our kids, right? But as a conscious parent, it's important to prioritize and commit to our own self-care. And so there are my three favorite practices that I want to share. Number one, it's practicing a simple meditation. Now, don't run away or don't get scared. There's nothing to fear. I am not talking about sitting two hours just, you know, being silent. No, I'm just saying practicing simple meditation. And it's so important for us parents to, you know, carve out some time for ourselves to be quiet and still. But many of us just shy away when we hear this word meditation because the whole, you know, internet media is filled with the meditation practices that seems like impossible for us parents, to be honest. So I am with you. I ran away from meditation for years. In fact, I was so scared that, you know, I was just scared of my own thoughts and I was just scared to be with myself. So I wanted to practice this on a daily basis. So I decided to, you know, get a training because we all know when we want to master a skill, 
we should start teaching. And so I thought that would be the first step. So I started learning about meditation and I'm actually a certified meditation teacher. But of course, my intention was to learn for myself. And if I tricked my brain that I'm going to teach, I knew I would dedicate. And so that's what I did. And so don't worry, I'm not asking you to go learn a formal, get a formal training on meditation, or I'm not going to ask you to sit for hours on at the end of the day. All I'm asking is start small. Start with one minute, okay? All I'm saying is one minute. And if you're like me and if you can't sit together, like, you know, all at 20 minutes, all at the same time, then just do one minute every hour. All you have to do is, you know, put a timer for one minute and just breathe. That's all. Just focus on your breath, right? Just breathe and focus on your breath. One minute. That's all you want. And, and nowadays, we all have these smartwatches and smartphones. I actually have this thing on my watch that reminds me to breathe every hour. And there is this flower that, you know, it guides me on breathe in, hold, and breathe out. And so all we need is one minute every hour just to clear out the brain fog, just to clear out the traffic jam that we have in our head, in our brain, in our mind, just to clear some air out. And so start small. Gradually, you can increase, you know, five to 10 minutes of alone time. Once you do these one minute every hour, you'll actually have a bandwidth to expand it to two minutes and to expand it to three minutes to five minutes. And then Instead of doing every hour, you know, you can, of course, keep your one minute practice of every hour, which I still do. Or you can just sit in the morning for five minutes by yourself, like alone time. It's so necessary. And so then you gradually can increase 15, 20, 30, whatever, whatever works for you, whatever floats your boat, <laughs> you know, set a timer on your phone or use an app and just sit with yourself. It will actually help you clear up, you know, give you clarity and actually help you better respond. And so just, again, I want to remind you how long you sit is less important than the consistency and the frequency of the practice. And so I will, you know, highly recommend just doing one minute every hour. That will build that consistency muscle and the frequency of practices will increase for you. And then eventually, I mean, it took me a good year to come to 20 minutes a day. So it's okay. As a parent, not everybody's going to understand. Not everybody is in our space and in our shoes. So forget about what everybody else is saying. Do what works for you. Do works what works for your family, right? And so eventually, and remind yourself that during this time alone, your goal is to focus on your breath. If you are scared of your own thoughts like I was, just observe. Just you know, just like you're watching a movie, they're coming and they're going. The scenes come and go. We don't hold on to a particular scene, right? We don't just say if you're at a movie theater and something just happened, you don't scream like, hey, pause. And you don't repeat the same scene over and over and entertain your brain. No, we don't do that. So similarly, when you sit quietly with yourself, if the thoughts are coming, let them come, let them come and go without any resistance. Try not to entertain it. If it's getting really frustrating, just open your eyes, drink some water, or, you know, change your spot. Just go with the flow, right? Try to practice this at least 
I mean, if you can't commit every hour, just do something. I mean, like how many times are we touching our phones? How many times our hands go reach out to the social media? Even if you're a parent, trust me, <laughs> we all do that, right? You're not alone. I still do it. And so, of course, we can all set this timer for one minute. So if you're taking anything out of this episode today, make sure you take this one minute practice, setting a timer in your phone for one minute. And then my second practice is practicing gratitude. Yes, my son and I share this gratitude practice that we both, if we can't write, we both make sure that we talk it out. We share three things that we're grateful for. And so establishing a gratitude practice either alone or with your kids is such a powerful practice because it offers, you know, it reminds us that we are part of a life as a whole. It reminds us that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. It reminds us that we have the power to make the choices every day. It reminds us that we are so grateful to be parent of our children. You know, we're grateful that and it reminds us that our children are the gift for us. And when we model this gratitude and humbleness for our children, we are modeling the self-love for our children. We're modeling this gratitude practice for our children. So important to practice gratitude. And you will feel the difference. So once you start doing this gratitude practice, I started with writing just three things that I'm grateful for in the morning. And then now I have a practice where I develop that. I write three things that I'm grateful, but I also write why am I grateful for. So I am grateful for, you know, my physical health. Right. So I don't just say I'm grateful for my physical health. I actually go deeper and I say I am grateful for each and every cell of my body for nourishing me. Right. And so eventually you will just serve the affirmations to ourselves and we rewire our brain. So it's a great practice. If you can't commit in the morning, you can just keep a book next to your bed. Or if you don't want to do any notebooks, if it overwhelms you, I mean, it certainly did to me. I used to be so overwhelmed in the beginning to just hearing this gratitude practice and having a journal next to me and not committing to myself. I started just saying it out loud. And then there are days when I just write it on cheat sheet and just put it somewhere. I am not collecting these, you know, for anybody to see it or I'm not doing it to show it to anyone. It's for me. So whatever works for me, right? So whatever works for you, do it, whether it's saying out loud in the morning with your child or before you go to bed. You're writing it onto a sticky notes, you're writing it in a notebook, anything, whether you buy a fancy, beautiful gratitude journal, anything, whatever works for you and your family. And my third practice is my absolute favorite. And I think I really have learned this one to practice more since I became a coach, or it's just probably just my unique quality that I was able to skill it, like, you know, polish it beautifully during my coaching training. Practicing listening. Yes, practice listening. I have this one-on-one -on -one time with my children where I focus on just listening to them, whether they want to tell me their stories about their days, or they want to tell me, you know, the book they're reading or the frustration they're going through, whatever they want to tell me for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever I can spare. It's just about me listening to them, not interrupting them, just listening to listen, listening to hear them out, not listening to reply or listening to build stories in my head or listening to, you know, create these building blocks in my head. So 
if you can't do this with your children, try with your partner, try with your friend. Once a week, try call a friend or another friend or I mean another parent who can offer a safe and non-judgmental space where you can both express your anger, you know, sadness, frustration and disappointment in yourself, your children, even about your partners and spend the same time with them and listen their frustrations without offering advices. So it's so important. Like I love doing this with one of my parent friends where we both are our listening partners. And because it's just so important when you're modeling these, you know, practicing being calm or, you know, how to handle these triggers, it's possible that you are also stuffing it down. And, you know, also that because initially that's what I also did. So it's so important to have a listening partner. And that's why coaches are the best, best listening partners. And so I have this coach who I meet every, like, bi-weekly we meet. So one week it's my session, one week it's her session. And we actually, you know, coach each other where coaching is not about advice. So we don't advise each other. Rather, we listen to each other and, you know, guide each other by asking these powerful questions. And so I highly recommend in investing in a coach for yourself who will not you know, give you advice because there are plenty of coaches, trust me, there are plenty of coaches on the internet in today's world. But you also want to make sure and, you know, focus, who are you hiring? Are you hiring who is telling you what to do? Then that's not coach. That is not coach. You want to work with someone who will not give you advice, who will not tell you what to do, rather who will help you you know, take the answer out of you because we believe that we all have the answers within ourselves. We all know what to do better because only we know what happens in our homes. Only we know ourselves better. Only we know our children better. Nobody else knows your child better than you know your child or nobody else knows yourself better than anybody else knows. And so these are some of the ways we can be proactive. These are some of my favorite practices that you can actually, you know, practice it without costing you a dime and you know these are some of the things that will help you eventually on how to handle the triggers better for you and for your child that's it for this week's episode of race to rise be sure to sign up to our email list at risewithmetal.com and join us again next time for more wisdom about life kids, and everything in between. I am Mitha Patel wishing you happy raising and rising.